about Jalen Hurts yesterday, though. Fellow looked good. He did look good. Damn, baby. Roger Smith. Finally. Let's go, baby. Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back from the weekend and into another edition of the awesome.com NFL strategy show showdown edition presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran, along with the ride for you today. We got a wild game now that Robert Woods went out with a torn ACL. They're on the road, three and a half point favorites facing the San Francisco 49ers. Join with me as always, or joining me as always. Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski and former defensive end for the uh, Super Bowl. Well, I shouldn't say winning, but no. Super Bowl trip making Chicago Bears. Dude, dude, <laughs> we were the NFC champs. I was, there you go. That's I like that. Champ, I like you know? NFC champs. That works. <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl just sounds better. Alex Brown yeah. uh, at Alex Brown 96 on Twitter. What's up, man? It's been a while since you've been on with us. It feels like. Yeah, it does, man. It does. Uh, this weekend, man, had a, it was a bye week, so no traveling for me. Uh, felt pretty good to sit at home and watch football on Saturday, Sunday, and now get to enjoy this uh, Monday night game. So before I get to, to Matt, who joins me every week, I got to ask you, man, because this we, we all talked about this so much over the past week, and I, I, was, I was hoping we had you on. I know you have other obligations because you do TV for the, for the Bears and everything. I was hoping you'd be on with us for uh, – what was that Thursday night football? The the penalty against Cassius Marsh and then getting fined. And essentially, I mean, it felt like that lost the game for them. And, and maybe it didn't. Maybe it did. But what do you make of that entire shit show that we saw on primetime football with the refs late in the game on the unsportsmanlike taunting penalty? Right. I, I didn't like it. I mean, obviously, I think I feel like everybody else uh, on the hip check by the by the ref. If a player touches a ref, he's immediately thrown out of the game. I think that ref, there should be something that happens to him. Not fine. I need him gone for a couple of weeks because a player would be gone from that game. So um, as far as the taunting, I think I think it was taunting. I think he should have really? thrown flag. Yeah, I, yeah, he was. He, listen, he played. He was on Pittsburgh team. Okay, so I'm putting myself in that situation. If three months prior I was on that team, Oh, you can best believe I'm talking shit to him. You can believe that. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I make a play, oh, I'm saying something. So there's no doubt he said something. It's just the ref should have thrown the flag then, not when he was clearly on the other side headed to the sideline and he bumped into him intentionally, and then he throws the flag. That's where I had the problem, and I didn't like that. So the whole shit talking, like, that happens all the time, and I don't know why people get bent out of shape by, um, about it, but – it happens. Like, that's what we do. It's football. It's not golf. All right. <laughs> What's up, Matt? How'd your weekend go, man? It was, a, it was a great weekend, man. A lot of good football all across the board, college and NFL. But man, like last Monday, I think the theme was just how crazy the NFL has been. And this week was no different. Like last week was really low scoring. But just talk about like all the crazy things that happened in games this week. Like even starting on Thursday night, Miami, they upset Baltimore. There's the tie Pittsburgh and Detroit. You have Washington, a Washington team that's extremely banged up that lost Chase Young. They go and upset the Super Bowl champs. 
There's just so many. The Chiefs finally look like the Chiefs again. Just so many crazy things again this week. Cam Newton's back, puts up 34 points on the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, just crazy, crazy football across the board. And Christian McCaffrey might be hurt again. I mean, it's, yeah. Really unfortunate there. The injuries, man, like Aaron Jones injuries. So tough. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely. Robert Woods, we're going to talk about that. Down for the year with an ACL. There's so much, man. I'll tell you what, though. It was I felt like we found somewhat of an e- equilibrium just in the sense that like Buffalo came out and, and bludgeoned the jets as they should have, right. They look normal again. You mentioned it, Kansas city. I actually waited to see what that game looked like and hit it live. And we ended up taking Kansas city minus six and a half because AB, once you started seeing that, all right, you know what? This actually looks like the Chiefs again. They're actually getting some deep balls. And and the Raiders are not a bad team at bringing pressure. They blitz it like the lowest clip in the league, but they're good. They have a good pressure rate. Didn't make a difference. Um, They finally look back to their old ways. The Bills do. Maybe we'll start to find some balance here sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the weird part about Kansas City for me is that the defense started to play well the past few weeks. They started to play pretty good football. And it's like, where's the offense? Like, are they ever going to show up again? And I didn't think that at any point we were ever going to say that while Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyree Hill, while they're there, you don't believe you're going to say that. But I think we got to that point and I was like, okay, yes. Now the world is back to being the world again with Kansas City and the (laughs) high-powered offense and all that. So it was good to see the Bills too because I want to see them play against each other in an AFC championship type deal. Yeah, me too. Oh, and two, uh, three things. First of all, best play of the entire week was Robert Hunt uh, illegally catching that ball for Miami and barreling to the goal line and going, I mean, that was, that's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Ever. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. I actually thought I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, why didn't it count? Like, why didn't it count? It's like, you gotta let that go. Like, guys, it was so amazing. Yeah, if that ball was tipped and then he caught it, would, would that have been legal? Yes, he, as an offensive lineman, if he wasn't targeted, he didn't check in, right? So he's not an eligible receiver. Right. Then it has to touch somebody else first. Right, but, it, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, even yeah. though he wasn't eligible, a reported eligible before the snap, he could have still caught it if it was tipped up in the air. Correct, yeah. correct. Yep. Oh, that would have yep. been great, man. They should have let that go. It was so amazing. And then he got in the end zone. He stretched it out. Like, yeah, oh he stretched. He stretched. <laughs> he, there's some running back. There's some running back in his history. We got to go back and oh, look God. at that. Did you see the freeze frame with him like backwards? <laughs> yes. oh, so, and <laughs> Matt Jacoby Myers scored. I know that was a that was a big topic on Live Before Lock yesterday. Was Jacoby Myers going to get his first touchdown since he was in his final season with NC State. And it finally happened. And it was a great time to play him. His price had continued to fall. He was down at 4,800. And I, I mean, I wasn't expecting the beat down the Pats laid on Cleveland. But, but man, good. they look they look good. Mac Jones looked very good. I think that offense is coming together a little bit. And you would expect them to improve throughout the year. We're talking about a, a rookie signal caller. So it, it's good to see them look looking solid. Got something out of Hunter Henry, too. Maybe if they can get Janu back to full health, they can do some creative things with their player personnel. But even without Damian Harris, like, they're starting to put it together. Everyone talked about coming into this game how good the Cleveland Browns offensive line was. That Pats offensive line will block for – you could throw anyone behind them right now, and it feels like they're going to punch it into the end zone multiple times a game. So they look good. Last thing, 
And uh, obviously, we're happy to have you guys with us starting off the week, the work week on a good foot here on the right foot, I should say. We're going to get into this game in just a second. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. It helps us greatly, you know, to combat the YouTube overlords and uh, fight this algorithm here on YouTube. Just trying to get our piece of the pie and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. Help us get to that 70K mark. I think we'll be there soon. AB, the only other thing that I thought was noteworthy and just really just crazy, the score of that Green Bay Seattle game. I mean, you got Rodgers getting picked off in, his, in the end zone at home. Russell Wilson and company scored zero points on the day. That if it, I couldn't have predicted that in a thousand years. No, I thought it'd be a shootout as well. But I mean, I'm a defensive guy, so I like seeing defense. I, I like yeah. seeing guys that come through and they make plays um, against a future Hall of Fame quarterback, right? So either one you look at, I mean, that, both defenses I thought played well. And then I mean, Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers, and he found the big plays when he needed them. And Green Bay continues to be Green Bay, which I don't like. <laughs> I, I bet you don't. Let's talk some football. We got Rams laying three and a half points on the road against San Francisco. Some money coming in on the Niners, though, Matt. Uh, 27 point total for the Rams, 23 and a half for the 49ers. It's a divisional game, though, right? And I think those are always a little bit more difficult to to figure out, I don't know, in a second, maybe A.B. can touch on that, too, in the divisional games he's played. But three and a half points here, Matt. No Robert Woods. You get Odell Beckham back into the mix, but uh, presumably in a limited fashion, at least according to Sean McVay early on. And starting a guy in, ahead of my uh, Robert Woods that many people have never heard of. So we got a lot to get into today. This is not your just normal Rams-Niners game. No, there's a lot of injuries on both sides. And it, it's not just the Odell Beckham situation. A lot of these, like, ancillary players – the players that you and I like to talk about that are really important for these showdown Tasty. games, what are their roles going to be? So hopefully we can find some value, but it's interesting even on the Niners side. Yeah, it is. When you got hasty, you have Muhammad Sanu. Both of them were getting a decent amount of snaps. I'm with you. Um, AB, are these divisional games to you? Are, are they less predictable at times when you're dealing with a, a good division of football like the NFC West? I, I actually think they're very predictable, honestly, because – there's no, you're not tricking anybody. Like you get to play, let's say if you're playing, if we're in the NFC North is where I play. So when we played Seattle or we played San Francisco out West, we're only playing them once a week. And then you're playing them like every third year or something like that. Right. With these teams, you're playing them twice a year, every year. If the coach is there for three, four years, there's nothing he's going to throw at you that you don't have on film already. So you, you're well prepared. You know them like the back of your hand. And now it just comes down to execution and who has the better players, right? That's what it comes down to. So it, whoever executes, that's usually who wins these, these games where it's in the division and you have two pretty dang good teams or two talented football teams, I'll say. All right. So let's make it happen, Matt. You've got no Robert Woods here, which means Cooper Cup. Uh, who is already seeing an absurdly high target share this season, uh, highest in the league among any any players in, on their respective teams, double-digit targets in all but one game. And the only game he didn't have double-digit targets, he had nine, and they crushed the Houston Texans, and his services weren't necessarily needed. Let's actually start there, and then we can get into this Beckham stuff. We can get into Matthew Stafford. But as far as Cooper Cup goes, he's by far the highest-priced player, uh, and I don't think he shouldn't be at this point. I agree. 
I think this is one of those situations like a Lamar Jackson, which we've talked about a lot, is what should his efficient ownership be? And how much should you be playing him? Should you be playing him in your captain spot? Should he be preferred play in the flex? And I think this is kind of dependent on your platform. Obviously, he's a lot more attractive in the captain spot on a platform like DraftKings, where those receptions mean a lot more. FanDuel, I, I think Stafford becomes a more interesting play in the captain spot just because of the scoring format overall. But like I, I'm looking at our tools, and you like to reference this a lot, the percentage chance of being the top scorer. Cooper Cup is like breaking the tool again, which is just... Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he, right now, if our ownership projections are correct and it's, you know, nine in the morning, Eastern time, they'll change throughout the day. But if the slate were to start right now, you should be playing Cooper Cup a lot more than the field and he should be in your captain lineups. You should be playing him in the flex. There's not really a good case for fading him. How often is it that you're getting a wide receiver with that high of a top stack probability? Like, He's at 44%, Matt, and, and Matthew Stafford, his own quarterback's at 12%. Yeah, I think the only other team you would see this with is Green Bay. I was going to say, Devontae, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know who else it would be. I mean, A.B., Cooper Cup's just been remarkable this season. And, and I remember doing a show or a video for our fantasy football channel, check that out, early in the year and saying this guy is a steal at the, in the fourth round. And I could legitimately see him back in as a top 10, maybe a top five at no. And sure, I was right. But at no point in my endless rant did I say, yeah, this guy is the wide receiver one midway through the more than midway through the year. Mm -hmm. No, he Cooper Cup has proven to a lot of people that he is that dude. Um, I, I think uh, he's getting there's a combination of both. He's a really good route runner. He's quick and he's getting the volume and he's making the most of it like he's not you don't see him running wide open and he's dropping balls like he is making the most he's very efficient with the amount of targets he's getting so it's hard to fade him but if you were going to i mean you'd have to almost think that Stafford's going to throw let's say if cooper cup does get his touchdown and i don't know nine receptions and 100 yards if stafford throws three other touchdowns to other guys then stafford you could make an argument that Stafford should be that captain spot. So it's just a matter of if you think he's going to get all the work. And I don't really think so. I don't really think he's going to get all the work. I think he will get a lot of the work. But with that ownership coming in like it is, I mean, I definitely will have something on the other side saying, okay, if Cooper Cup doesn't work out, then I should be sitting in a pretty good spot. I mean, I'm all about that, too. I, I like playing Cooper Cup in the, in the flex. Too. I, yeah. I don't think you need the captain Cooper Cup this week. Or tonight, but if you want, he does feel when it comes, Matt, I'll say this much. When it comes to wide receivers, even, even Devontae Adams, I don't think there's a safer wide receiver, a safer wide receiver in the league right now that you can say with near certainty, every single week he plays, you can at least lock in 10 targets. Yeah, and this week, I think it's even more viable to play him. You look at the makeup of the Rams right now. They were using Van Jefferson and Robert Woods as full-time players. And now this week, because of the Robert Woods industry, excuse me, injury, injury, you're running the risk of there being a rotation at all the other receiver positions. Jay Glazer's out here reporting that like fifth round rookie Bennett Skowronik, who's that's what I was talking about when I said a guy a, that he's a big tight end. He's yeah. reporting that he's going to start and play some snaps here, which I find egregious and really hard to believe. <laughs> and then you have Odell Beckham. Obviously he's only been with a team a few days. 
I think he might just need to play more snaps because of the injuries. And then you have Van Jefferson, who's playing 90% of the snaps or more on a weekly basis. But allegedly, according to Jay Glazer, he doesn't play the same position as Skowronik and Woods, so he can't be on the field, which I don't buy. I don't put a lot of stock into these Jay Glazer reports. You should get your best players on the field, and it's up to the coaches to maximize that. If you're using like a big, unathletic tight end who's coming out of the fifth round of Notre Dame and Northwestern in Skowronik, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But you do run that risk of there being a rotation at your wide receiver two and three. We know Cooper Cup is not going to be involved in a rotation. He's locked in. Is it fair to say you're not high on Skelronic today? Dude, he went to Notre Dame, so I know this guy fairly well. He went to Northwestern for the first four years of his college career. He came out of Notre Dame at like age 23. He's with the program for in college for five years. That's not a good sign. Not really productive in college. He split time between receiver and tight end, so he's not a dynamic athlete. Like he's a big possession receiver and Glazer's out here praising his blocking, which I mean, great, but your receivers, that's not their primary job. Yeah. If you put Skowronik on the field in like clear run situations, I feel like that's a tip to the defense, what you're going to do. By the way, he was a seventh round pick and right. uh, there were only 10 players that went after him in the draft. So yeah. like, I, I don't want to just get all on the Rams drafting here, but like their second round pick two, two Atwell, like where's he at? I have no idea. Yeah. He probably I, doesn't, according to Glazer, he probably doesn't play the same position, so I can't <laughs> get him on the field. Yeah. Hey, B, you've got, like Matt said, you got a seventh, late seventh round draft pick, might mm-hmm. I add, uh, that could be starting today. Odell Beckham is expected to play, but in a limited capacity. Now, I, I don't know where you stand on this, and you've been in an NFL locker room and understand this, but one thing I do know is when Sometimes when you say they're going to be limited, it might mean, all right, he's not going to play 90% of snaps, but if he's out there for 50% of snaps, we're going to target him on a lot of the routes that he's going to run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. going to get, we're going to try and get him the ball when he's out there. He just might not be out there all of the time. In, in those cases, then you do exactly what Matt was saying about this other receiver that apparently is no good. Um, you know what they're going to do. So when he comes on the field, you know, they're trying to get the ball to him, right? So you don't want to do that as a, as a team. You want to have him out there more. I think he's going to play. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Like, okay, he hasn't been there very long, but it's very hard to screw up a slant route or a five-yard out or a 15-yard dig route. Like, he understands that. He's not a second-year player. He is a veteran that's been through two offensive systems. He, he's going to pick this up pretty fast, I think. So, and then his athleticism. I, I get it. Cooper Cup is... Great, and he's doing his thing. Athletic-wise, he has nothing on Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham is that dude. So I think he's going to play a lot more than people think. I think you'll, at the end of the night, you'll see he has six targets. And what Odell Beckham can do with six targets is, I think, pretty amazing, honestly. Like, he could really have two touchdowns on six or seven targets, and everybody's like, damn, I didn't see that coming. Well, I'm telling you right now. AB, there was a report on Odell Beckham. Uh, you remember when his dad posted that Instagram post? Like a, a couple. Yeah. Of, there was a report, and, and it made me laugh. Where apparently it was like a backup quarterback that played with him, and they were asked about him getting open and getting targets, and they go, "Well, yeah, he's always open, but that's because he runs the routes he wants to run. He's supposed to run a post route, and he's running a go route, so he's thirty yards open downfield. But the quarterback has no idea where he is. I don't know if it's true, but it does feel like an Odell Beckham thing, where he's just wide open because he thinks his route is better than the one that was called for him. 
There are, there are, and I'm not going to take up Odell here. I'm just saying that there are option routes. And in order for an option route to work, the quarterback has to see the same defense that the receiver is seeing. Right. I so they don't understand which route that he's about to run. And if that's not the case, and I can see that happening over in Cleveland a little bit, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know. Like, I can definitely see it. Now, I've seen Odell running wide open and the ball's thrown out of bounds or overthrown. And then I've seen Odell running up 20-yard dig, the ball hits him in the chest, and he drops it. So I think it's a little bit of both. Dude, you can take up for Odell on this show anytime you want. Matt and I have been riding for OBJ for a while now, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been getting a lot of flack for that. Oh, yeah? Especially this year. Yeah, Eric Lindquist, whenever him and I are on shows, he is not an Odell Beckham fan. So, yeah, he usually gives it to me pretty good. Oh, so, Matt, where are you going with Beckham today? I like Beckham. I think if you're looking for pivots off Robert Woods, and I do think you should be targeting players in this L.A. passing attack, I think Beckham's fine for all the reasons that A.B. laid out. He's just very talented. And I really like the point you made that he might not be 100% of the snaps, but when he's out there, he's going to play a role. And I think right. we see that with rookies and a lot of players changing teams. That's how they're impactful with their roles. I think Van Jefferson's a great GPP play because he's already showed it on the field. And like, I don't know where Glazer's getting these reports, but he's played well. So the fact that he allegedly doesn't play the same position as Robert Woods, maybe that's true, but I still think you get your best players on the field for a majority of the snaps. So if people are going to go to Skowronic, who's the stone minimum here, he is questionable with an injury too. Like we don't know that Skowronic's going to play, but Van Jefferson, he's, he's a little bit more expensive. He's like near the kickers in terms of price. I would like to play him if he's going to be contrarian. Matt, I don't buy it for a second that we're not going to see plenty of three, that we're not going to see plenty of three receiver sets with Cup, Odell, and Van Jefferson, and they just figure out how to make. Isn't isn't Sean McVay supposed to be some, you know, offensive savant here? Like some G? Can he figure out how to get these guys on the field together? Maybe I mean we maybe Skowronic is just a much improved player since he's gotten to the NFL and gotten NFL coaching. I don't know those things, but I know what he was in college. And he was a big possession receiver that struggled to produce at Notre Dame and Northwestern. So I don't know. That's all the information I have. Could he have changed? Maybe, but I'm with you. I think that this is a situation where Van Jefferson, he's been the player that's been locked in. He's been the player that's been productive. I don't know how you pull him off the field. AB, he's got to get these guys in the field together. Uh, he, that whole offensive guru thing kills me. These guys are supposed to be so smart. They're not that dang smart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's offense, man. Call the plays. Like, I love Shanahan. I love how he, during, when they went through uh, and got to the Super Bowl, I love that. They had just got Garoppolo and paid him $100 million. And he was like, listen, they, ran, they threw the ball eight times or nine times or something. He's like, if that's what it takes to win, that's what I'm going to do doesn't take a genius, all right? So just do right. the plays that work. It's not really, you don't have to be that creative. On fourth and inches, yes, everybody and their mom knows what you're going to do. Do it. Don't run a double reverse pass. Like, don't do that. It's dumb. <laughs> it's crazy. Shanahan's taken a lot of heat lately for, every, yeah. you know, everyone's like, maybe he's not that smart. So here it is, the two offensive, the two savants going up against each other tonight on, Monday night football. Uh, what about, okay. So let me, let me kind of crystallize this for a second, AB and, and then you, Matt, you have cup, 
you have Odell Beckham. And again, like I said, I think they're just going to find ways to get him involved, even if he's on the, only on the field for 50%. That happened in his first game back with Cleveland, and he got targeted nine times and only played 50-some percent, even though Beckham can't get him the ball. But you understand what I mean. Uh, and then Van Jefferson and then Skelronic. Uh, and then you have Tyler Higby. So without Robert, who do you think, who do you think from a showdown standpoint, we already know with Cooper Cup, he's a stud. You captain him or you get him in lineups and, and you take your points. Where do you go elsewhere on this team for the passing attack? Man, uh, Higby, uh, but I'm, I'm getting Odell in. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting Odell in. I think he is a, he's a home run hitter. I, I think he's one of those guys. He's one of the few guys in the league that needs five catches and he could go for a buck 10 with two touchdowns. I mean, I think he's, he's that good. So I want Odell in. I haven't decided if I want him in the captain spot yet. I think that will be very, very uh, contrarian, if you will. Uh, I think I don't think many people are going to do it. I kind of like it. So, but I want to have Cooper Cup as well. So I'll get both of them and Stafford, and then kind of maybe Kittle, and then I'll probably have to do. I don't know. I don't know if I'm having any money left after all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, could could you justify captaining Van Jefferson? I think you can in large field tournaments. The role is risky, but I think he still has the chance to be a near full-time player in the offense, which is what I personally expect. Again, there's a lot of volatility here. We're just not sure. The the issue, like I just threw all this shade at Skowronic, but the reason like you would play him, he's the minimum price. So mm -hmm. even if he doesn't start or play the role that Glazer's reporting, how much does he really have to play it and how many targets does he have to receive to pay off that salary that allows you to get Cup, Beckham, Stafford, whoever the stud is you want. So with that said, like Skyronic is still a, a good play down there. I'll be really interested to see how ownership shakes out today because he's not the only min price play. San Francisco is a couple as well, but Skyronic right now, even if he plays like 25% of the snaps, gets two, three targets, that's still probably enough. And we'll just have to wait and see how the day shakes out. He is questionable with an injury. He did not practice on Saturday, a late, late addition to the injury report, which is never good. So if he ends up being out and you have this late news, then Van Jefferson would be locked into a role. And I would have a lot of interest in captaining him here. His, his routes and snaps would become a little more solidified in that instance. What are you doing with Henderson, Matt? I think Henderson's a great GPP play. We were talking about a lot of ways to be contrarian with the pass catchers. And they're, you're running the risk of that rotation. There are two other players in this offense that are not in timeshares. One of them is Henderson. Sure, Sonny Michelle, he handles change of pace work. But Henderson is the guy that handles a large majority. He's active in the pass game. And we know this team is going to make a lot of red zone trips. They throw the ball at a really high rate, but perhaps they just end up running near the goal line. You have a receiver get down near the end zone and Henderson punches in the touchdowns. If it's one of those games where he's the one that gets like the three scores, and Cup just does what he does without a touchdown, there's a real possibility he could outscore him. The other player who has a locked-in role that we didn't talk about a ton is Higby, who might be interesting if he's going to come in low-owned. People probably throw darts on these receivers, and if there's a timeshare, Higby on the field for 90% of the snaps in a locked-in role, he could be more valuable today. How about you, A.B.? I, I think we got to really not just think about uh, Robert Woods as being a receiver, like what kind of receiver he is. And Matt touched on it, the guy he's talking about that is more of a possession receiver. I forget the kid's name. Um, but I think Sonny Michelle or Odell 
would have to be the one that steps in because they have similar body type, similar skill. If Sony Michelle were to step in and run those crossing routes and that stuff, I think that'd be different. I'm thinking about it that way because you need somebody that did what Robert Woods did in this offense. That's not a bigger receiver. That's that's not even um, uh, Vance Jefferson. That's not even him. That's not what he does. So he's more of an outside receiver that's going down the field, running post routes and stuff. And Cooper Cup's going to do what he does. But who's going to be that? Who has the skill set to run the reverses to make that believable to the defense? Sonny Michelle could be that person. You know, I, I think you really got to think about that part. I think he plays a different role today if Odell Beckham isn't up to speed um, with this offense yet. Matt, I'm on Odd Shopper right now, which crushed yesterday, man, because we use our we use our our, our own projections, Alex's projections. Uh, and all of the other great guys behind the scenes that are working on this. Uh, and they're right there. They're, they're behind paywall at Osmo. They're free at Odd Shopper. Uh, so you'll see, like, we have the projected stat. We have the expected ROI. We have the expected win rate. Uh, we have the hold, which, for those of you that aren't familiar with what a hold is, and I bet we can talk about that some other time. All of that's important. And then we give you the best overall bet. So whatever book is available to you, say, like, the best odds are on, are on FanDuel. And I got one right here. Uh, you'll you'll see it right there, and you can click it. It takes two clicks to get in on that bet. You have to do no work. You don't have to search anything. So I've been loving it. Like the Dearness Johnson one was a smash spot. He nailed that. So many other ones. I know Aton was doing a bunch of parlays that he hit all from Odd Shopper uh, best bets. We have Matt Cooper Cup, and I, I will move over to the Niners after this. We haven't projected at eight point six receptions today. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it just speaks to how crazy the role is. I mean, and we, we talked about some reasons why he could be targeted even more. Like Robert Woods, correct me if I'm wrong, like he's top 10 or top 12 in the NFL in targets. Quietly, Cooper Cup gets all the shine here, but Robert Woods is vacating an enormous role. And I think there's a reasonable expectation that Cooper Cup could handle not a much larger workload, but maybe a more consistent one game to game. And this game is projected to be close. It's about a field goal in terms of spread, depending on where you look, three and a half in some spots. So this game projects to be close. Cup should be on the field, seeing that full-time role, unlike like the Houston game. I mean, the projection speaks for itself. Like he just is playing such a crazy role that Cooper Cup, even, even now, like overs are still in play. It's crazy. And yeah, Woods is still averaging almost eight targets per game. So that's significant. Um, AB, kickers and defense, anything you like here? Oh, man. Um, not, I mean, I, I love Robbie. I mean, he's my buddy, but I don't think I'm playing him. It's, yeah, all right. You know, I think there'll be a lot of points scored. I think they're going to go up and down the field. I, I do believe this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I don't, I don't really see, I see guys getting touchdowns. I don't know if I see kickers, uh, any of the kickers getting three three field goal opportunities. If Which they is probably do, uh, what you need, yeah. Yeah, you're going to need that. So, uh, and defenses, no. No, I don't, you, I don't like the defenses. Matt, what about you in terms oh, of... Oh, sorry. It's, it's the same as normal for these high-scoring games. It's going to be tournaments for defenses. Kickers in low-risk contests, I'm fine with. But honestly, the way the slate shakes out today, 
I think I'll be getting less kickers, even like in my cash lineup, the one I built today, it'll, it'll change throughout the day. But right now I don't have a kicker in it. And that's because we have some viable punts at the stone minimum, like Scott Ronick stands out, but we'll talk about like some other players, Trent Sherfield and Juwan Jennings, but ultimately there's Cooper cup, there's Stafford. You want to jam in the studs and a way to do that is just to punt all the way down. So when we have these guys near the minimum, that's usually the way I'll build, but for tournaments, for the same reason, these guys are going to be unowned. That's the, that's the play. If you're playing Millie maker style tournaments, you can get some leverage there. If for whatever reason, there's a kickoff return or a pick six, something like that. You know, we talk about the props all the time, how you got to get in early on, on, on these traditional books at no house advantage. They're static. You don't have to do that. You can get a huge advantage by finding props that haven't moved there and have moved elsewhere. And you might think, yeah, well, everyone's doing that. You'd be entirely wrong. I'm telling you so many people miss this over at no house advantage. They brought you an entirely different way to play DFS with player prop contest. You're building lineups with props, right? There's no salary cap restrictions, no salaries on players. None of that. It's a hundred percent peer to peer player uh, playing. You get over a hundred or 500 props. And if you use the promo code, awesome. A W E S E M O get a $25 deposit bonus when you sign up, but you might ask, all right, there's a lot of these out there. What's the point? I'll tell you because every single day of the week you have free player prop tool, no house advantage player prop tool at awesome. You had the free no house advantage optimal lineup tool at, at, at Awesomeo, and not everyone over there knows this, right? So you're getting an advantage there out of the gate. You're getting a deposit bonus when you sign up. Um, you have all of the tools available to you, and like I said, you get a real opportunity to hit on certain props if you're if you're if you're comparing them against our prop and traditional books or our prop tools and traditional books. You're going to put yourself in an amazing spot. You're building lineups out. The ones you like the most go at the top. They get the most points. The ones you're least confident in go at the bottom. They get the least points. You're building lineups as you would anywhere else, except in this case, you're not worried about salaries. All of the research that you've put in to, to, to DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo or any of these other sites goes straight over to Know House Advantage. It's 100% applicable, but all of our tools are free anyway. So even if you're only playing Know House Advantage, amazing spot to build your bankroll and really find an edge in an industry that, uh, you know, the edges is, is disappearing pretty quick. So check it out. Go to knowhouseadvantage.com, download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store and use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, to get that $25 deposit bonus when you sign up. All right, A-B, kick it off on the other side here with the San Francisco 49ers. Only three and a half point dogs here. Uh, 50, point, 50 and a half point total. Let's start with Garoppolo and just your overall feel on what the game plan looks like. And can he get us where we need to go? His last two games, he's been damn good from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. Uh, <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I, I really don't. Uh, if, they, if they can't run the ball, I mean, getting Kittle back, I think that helps him a lot. Um, uh, Debo, he needs to be that dude uh, on the outside. And uh, gosh, I just don't see how he is going to help win one because Stafford is so low, so low owned. So if that continues, I mean, I'm just going to go with Stafford as opposed to going with him. But I think, I mean, you looking at Samuel, looking at Kittle, I mean, this is a run first uh, type of offense anyway. And then they're going to work off of that. They're going to work play action off of that. If they get in a position where they're down 21 to three, 24 to seven, then they're going to have to start throwing it. Then maybe he, maybe he, can put up some numbers, but let's make sure we look at who he put up those numbers on these past couple weeks too. Now, 
So, I mean, he had a big game, but it was against my Bears, and my Bears aren't playing very good defense right now. So, sucks. <laughs> Tell us how you feel, man. Yeah, they're not playing great, but at the same time, Matt, this is a tough spot for me. You have Garoppolo using our top, stat, our top, our top plays tool, which I would advise you guys check it out. It's free a lot of times as well. Is it free today? No, showdown projections are free. Player rankings for NBA are free. So is Adam Shares deep dive article. NHL player rankings and Matt's college basketball projections are free. I've heard I heard you guys have been, and I've been tailing Ben on a lot of bets. I feel like college basketball has gone pretty good this far, pretty well this far. Yeah, college sports have been great lately. College football too, but check out the college basketball projections while they're free. I know they won't always be, and I I think even this week they're going to go premium. But right now, early in the season, this is when the biggest edges are. Yeah, check all that out. You don't even need an account. You can just head over there and check it out if you'd like. Uh, if you're not a premium sub and you want to be, use the promo code NFL Strategy Show, all one word, all caps. Or is it NFL Showdown? I don't even know anymore. Showdown. NFL Showdown. Get 25% off your first week. Every tool for every sport on the site, all created by the number one ranked player out there, Awesomeo himself. Matt, talk to me about Garoppolo then, because he's not cheap. Right. Uh, AB laid it out really well. With the leverage we're currently getting on Stafford, I'm not sure we need to go to Garoppolo. And it, the tools that we use bear this out. Our top stacks tool, the top plays tool, you look at leverage score. Garoppolo is positive, but in the captain spot, he actually is providing some negative leverage coming in with more ownership in the captain spot than he should. So it looks like utility is where the positive leverage is coming with Garoppolo, which makes sense to me. But at the same time, it's just a half a percent. And you go up to Matthew Stafford, providing 7% more leverage in that spot. There's just a lot of reasons to play the Ram skill position players over a guy like Garoppolo. And like AB said, Stafford right now, he is owned, but he's not as owned as he should be. So it's a spot where I'm still going to try to load up on the expensive Rams and save my Garoppolo lineups for massive, massive field tournaments where maybe I'm just flipping the build, playing more 49ers, like four or two builds with them. But overall, I think I'm going to be a little underweight on Garoppolo and focus a lot of my attention on the Ram skill position players. Matt, I'll tell you, I'm actually, because we build a lineup on the show every time, I'm very excited to build a lineup and see what it looks like if we were to go like Stafford captain and then Cooper Cup in the flex and then work with what we have there for the last four players because we're not going to have a ton. Right, right. But luckily we have those punts and there's even more on the 49er side, which we'll get to. Yeah, no question. AB, mm. with, with Debo Samuel, you're going to have, you're going to have some matchups against Jalen Ramsey and I think that could be a little bit difficult, but we've seen other guys like DK Metcalf and, and other, uh, other players. It's what at this day and age, and, and you could speak to this as well, as I said, you know, being a former player, like how much do you worry about someone in Samuel who has been magnificent this season yards per route run is through the roof on this guy, just absurdly efficient. Um, almost every single week, he's really seen close to the same targets as as somebody like Cooper Cup, right? I mean, he really is. He's he's yep. getting peppered every game. Is this a spot that you say, you know what? I don't really care about the tough matchup. I, I need to get to some Debo Samuel, or are you looking elsewhere on this pass catcher? I'm, I like Debo. I like Debo. I think Debo plays a style of football that doesn't matter. Um, they get him in motion. He's tough. He's he's a big body. Um, I think he's been able to work with his speed to get to this level because he's not a very fast guy. So going against a guy like Jalen Ramsey, though, if he's locked on now, we got to understand, like, is he going to be locked on the hammer? Is he going to be locked on the kittle? I think he'll see a little bit of both. 
um, because he will lock on to a tight end um, that um, super athletic tight end on the other side. You see uh, Jalen going at, going to that tight end. So I think wherever, whoever he's not covering on a play, you got to get him in motion. Let's see where he's at. And then you have to, uh, you have to attack that way. I wouldn't attack Jalen Ramsey. You also got to get the ball off because now they got three animals up front that can really come after you. I'm not sure if Von Miller is going to play, but my gosh, if, if he is playing, then I mean, we're talking about Aaron Donald, Von Miller. You're talking about uh, Leonard Floyd, who had over 10 sacks last year. So they got some guys up front that can really get after it. So any bad balls, I mean, uh, it's just going to be, it'll be tip intercepted. So I like Debo. He's going to get peppered for sure. Um, but it's a tough matchup. It is a tough matchup. Are we seeing, Matt, the emergence of Brandon Ayuk now? Because, of course, Mohamed Sanu is not really a, and I, I want you to speak on Debo too, but I'm just, maybe we can kind of encapsulate everybody here because we got to be out by 55 and turn it over to the NBA strategy show. But like, you got no Mohamed Sanu. Brandon Ayuk, 15 targets over his last two games. Kittle's back and was the, you know, leading producer on that team uh, last week. And then you have Debo. So they are getting healthier sans Mohamed Sanu. Right. And I think the role is good for Ayuk right now because of the injuries. He's still at best the wide receiver three. He's just not going to out-target Debo or Kittle in most weeks. But right now, his price has come down because of those. I, I don't know what to make of it in the beginning of the year. I think it's just he was kind of in the doghouse with Shanahan. But ultimately, like what, what it comes down to is you have Kittle and and Debo so close in price. Like the savings you do get with Ayuk, I'm not sure they're they're worth it in DFS. But with that said, I think there's contrarian builds where you could play him, especially because I do think Debo is going to be the most owned 49er. I think Kittle's going to be close behind him and then Ayuk third. And Ayuk still, with the injuries, you would think has a locked-in role, which is something that I'm banking on. You spoke about Odd Shopper earlier. I took a look at some of the Ayuk props, and he's he's pretty low projected on some of them based on our projections even with the consistent role like still only 3.1 receptions you can find his receiving prop at four and a half I think that's baking in a lot of the increased role but it's not taking to it it's not taking into account that Kittle's back and like Debo is going to see the locked in targets and one thing I want to touch on that AB said is the pressure that the Rams could bring in the short passing game they definitely prefer Debo, they prefer Kittle. Those are the guys they like to get those like yard after catch type things. They almost use Debo as like a pseudo running back and some of these like screens they draw up for him. So I do think Ayuk is a solid play contrarian wise because of the role. But at the same time, I'm worried that he'll be behind Kittle. He'll be behind Debo. How do you look towards these, these pass catchers now, AB, outside of Debo with, without Sanu, who was actually playing a lot of snaps? What did he play last week? I think it was uh, 56%. He's been averaging over 50% of snaps uh, since week three. So that means you're looking at guys like Trent Shurfield or John Jennings. They're not guys that are going to instill much confidence in you, but outside of Debo, that's kind of who you're dealing with here with Ayuk and then a steep drop off to guys like Shurfield and Jennings. In a, in a game like this, I mean, you, we're talking national, national game, Monday night football. I mean, you're not going to, the guys that's going to help me win the game, I'm going to. And that's Debo Samuel and that's Kittle. Now, if, if you get one of those other guys, those other guys, they're going to, you're hoping for two catches, a, a bomb somewhere in, in, in between uh, one of those two. Uh, 
for 40 yards, maybe get a touchdown, but that's it. When you look at, when you're talking about Ayuk, he's only $800 or less than Odell Beckham. And if I'm going to get to Ayuk, I'm going Odell. Like, I'm just going to do it. I, I don't, Odell can do more with those catches. And I have zero confidence that they're going to go outside of Kittle and Debo during this game. They're going to find ways to get them the ball or they're going to run it. That's it. And Stafford isn't going to hold the ball very long. So I like what Matt's talking about. Like it's short passing game. That's what they're going to use. They're going to try to string together, stay ahead of the chains in the sense of being in third and short, right? So being third and three, third and four, which keeps your whole offense um, available to you. So I think that's the game plan they'll have coming in. And we'll just see if they can uh, execute it. And if they do, one or the other, Debo or Kittle, will have eight catches tonight. They will. Okay. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Appreciate you in advance. Matt, I, I know it's ugly. I, I totally understand. I mean, wait till we talk about Jermichael Hasty being out. But I, I know it's ugly with Sanu being sidelined. I do have to bring it up again, though. And, and I'm not trying to lead you in any direction. But it's a question that's going to be asked because – you have these these guys that are minimum salary. They're 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 at the bottom of the barrel. They would be the wide receiver. One of them will be the wide receiver three for the for the San Francisco 49ers today. Now that's not including Kittle, right? So really, you're the fourth option on a team that will run the ball uh, if given the opportunity. I get all of that, but Mohamed Sanu was a player who was getting targeted three to five times per game do those seated targets just get soaked up by all the top guys or could we see an optimal today where one of these dirt cheap players is in it and opens everything else up? Yeah. It's the same case you made for Skowronic, not you specifically, but that people are making for Bennett Skowronic. And I honestly don't think the role is going to be that much different for these ancillary 49ers pass catchers. And they're very different. Like Sherfield is a very different player than Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, he played a lot at like tight end. So he's a big bodied receiver. And I think they'll use him in slightly different ways than they'll use Sherfield, who is, is very much of a different skill set. With that said, what do we think the max snaps are for, for both these players? We first of all, we have to consider the 49ers are a team that uses a decent amount of 12 personnel. They use use check a ton with another back on the field because use check is just such a dynamic skill set of what he can do as a blocker, pass blocking in particular, and then they can use him as a receiver even though he carries that fullback tag, he's, he's really like the ultimate Swiss army knife for an offense. He gets a lot of snaps. And while it doesn't lead to a lot of production, it limits the wide receiver three usage for the 49ers. So I do think this role is really risky, but in tournaments, there's one instance where I'm going to play a decent amount of these guys. That's if Skowronic comes in with a lot of ownership and we'll see how projection shake out today. If he's active, if, if he is active and he is drawing a lot of ownership, I think I'm going to pivot some of my lineups over to Sherfield in Jennings, just, saving a lot of ownership in the same salary range. And I'm not sure Skowronic has the role that's consistently better than Sherfield or Jennings. That's a great way to look at it. Just get leverage over another player that we have no idea about and both could finish with zero anyway. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, Matt, let me ask you about, uh, about the backfield. So you have Elijah Mitchell. He's the clear lead back on this team. And he even saw five targets last game, which is huge for a guy that had not seen four more – he didn't have five targets on the season before last game. Got targeted five times and made nice, you know, production with him. Five for 43, almost nine yards per reception. Uh, carried the ball eight times, but of course that game was out of control. 
Jermichael Hasty had been the primary pass catching back. He's out. So that leaves you with a situation where Trey Sermon's just getting no love whatsoever. Jeff Wilson didn't play in his return. And then Hasty's out now. So there's Kyle Juszczyk. Maybe Wilson gets a little bit more. But does that just make Elijah Mitchell at 6,400 someone that could get a boatload of work today? I think so. I, I think Juszczyk will handle some of the pass catching ability because yeah. he's so dynamic. But Mitchell's a good pass catcher. He was not used in that role with the 49ers, but going back to college, he was in a, a three-way timeshare at Louisiana Lafayette. Actually, a couple good backs came out of that. Some of them are on practice squads in the NFL, but he had a, he had a year with 20 receptions, another with 16. Like He's a good pass catching back. It's just kind of the Sony Michelle Nick Chubb treatment where these guys can catch passes, but another guy on your roster does it better. So I think he is going to work himself into a little more pass catching without hasty. Overall, Jeff Wilson's kind of like the wild card. He's a player that's been used in the past for this team. It appears the 49ers are trying to ease him back. And no, no snaps last week was really telling here. I think there's a chance he plays more. But right now, like you mentioned, I think this is Elijah Mitchell's backfield to lose. What about you, A.B.? I, I like Mitchell. I, I think he does get the bulk of the carries. I think he gets, if not all of them. And if he can give you something out of the backfield, man, I'm he's he could be one of those guys that you could look to play or maybe pivot off of um, one of the other guys. I, there's only four guys, uh, in my opinion. There's only four guys for San Francisco to really look at. It's Garoppolo, look at Kittle, Debo, and Mitchell. If you go with any of these other guys, I mean, you're just going to get – what is it? Uh, is it PJ Tucker? He's just on the field a lot, but he ain't doing shit. You know, like he's just one, he got to get open One they got to call a play for him and he got to catch it. He got to beat that guy across from him. There's too much that got to go right for a guy that can't, that's not good enough. You know, there's too much, right. They got to, uh, too many things that got to go right. So there's four guys in my mind on, on San Francisco and Mitchell is one of them. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to be real different, Put him in that uh, that uh, that captain spot because if you do, if he gets all that work and he does get a passing touchdown, I mean, you could be sitting pretty good. Um, and it will give you a lot of savings. Um, uh, building your lineup too. So he is sitting at sixty. Well, not sixty four in the yeah, captain 64. spot. Okay, he'd be ninety six in the captain spot, right? Yeah. So uh, you save a lot um, when you when you know most people. A lot of people are going with cup. A lot of people or some people are going with Stafford. So you definitely be a little different, a lot different rather. I'll say this much. Uh, the one, the best prime time, the best showdown success I've had this year was when Mitchell was out and everyone loaded up on Trey Sermon and Kyle Juszczyk ended up being that guy, Matt. I'm not saying he's going to be, and that's not my interpretation of this, but I do think that if it was Jeff Wilson still didn't end up playing, right? When everyone's projecting he's going to be the guy now, I, I do think it's possible that maybe Kyle Juszczyk gets more opportunities in the passing game, almost kind of that extension of the run type deal. And maybe he gets four targets and a carry today. And you're looking at, you know, a couple opportunities from him. Do I love it? No, of course not. But I don't think it's, it's a non-zero chance that, that Kyle Juszczyk actually has a decent game or falls into the end zone like he did back in week three. Yeah, I 100% agree. What it comes down to with playing him in DFS's price, outside of like Millie Maker style tournaments over $100,000 entries, he's more expensive than some of the other ancillary plays we mentioned. And I think his role is a, a little more questionable. He'll be on the field a lot, but they just use him so much as a blocker. 
that at his price, with that uncertainty, I would rather pay down. But you laid out the case for him potentially entering an optimal lineup in the event he scores a touchdown. I do think he carries a little more pass game work with Hasty out of the lineup. It's just a matter of him versus the Skyronics, the Sherfield, and the Jennings. Do you want to pay up for that extra? I It's extra salary, but is the usage all that different? Right. All right, let's do this. Uh, oh, and because I want to build a lineup and get out of here, which we're going to do right now. AB and then Matt, final thoughts on – we didn't really talk much about Kittle, but I think all of us are oh, are yeah. always on board with targeting George Kittle. Yeah, just a, for me, it's just a matter of where do you play him. Are you going to put him in this cabinet spot or not? Um, but you're definitely playing him. He's definitely worth – he's giving, He's going to be in my flex for sure. I, I love this guy, Matt, and I feel like people just kind of gave up on him early in the season, but – He's still a spectacular player. You can use him anywhere, and and he might not have the highest touchdown equity of any tight end, but that price point you're getting on him seems pretty reasonable to me. I like him a lot today, and I think you're going to get some leverage because so many people are going to try to jam Debo on the other side of this game. I, I do think a lot of lineups will have a construction that looks something like Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Debo. And then if you just avoid Debo and play Kittle, whose role might not be that different. Again, Kittle's been hurt so much this year that we really don't know how him and Debo interact as much. We, we do have a sample from previous years, but even then, both these players have been so banged up. They have not spent a lot of time on the field together. I think there's a reasonable chance that Kittle maybe is like the 1B to Debo's 1A in this offense. If you get leverage on that, more than comfortable playing a lot of Kittle. Ed Zimmerman says, I'm related to DFS, but we miss you on that line, A.B. <laughs> you know what? If I could do it, I would, and I can't anymore. So I just move out of the way. I'd <laughs> rather have Khalil Mack than me. Yo, do you <laughs> think you could play that. in the XFL right now if if they asked? Like you, you, you just a game. Like oh, I'll try it. If no. you had three months to train. Now, okay. How right? much? Are three they months paying? to train. Go How on. much are they paying me? Because I'm not gonna go out there and get body slammed by some kid. No, 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 no. It's like old. if you. It's like, if you don't do it, you have to go into squid game. Then I'm playing. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't need three months, but if they're going to give me three months, then yeah, I, I think I can, am I playing the whole game? I can be a role. No, until you get a sack. <sighs> <laughs> All right. In the XFL, not in the NFL. XF XFL. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. You think you no. get a sack in one game? Like we didn't need more than a game? I mean, sometimes if I get a straight hand sack, maybe that those yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know what, Lafay? I'm kind of upset you didn't ask me. Would you? Do you think you could, Matt? <laughs> no, but do <laughs> <laughs> squid games immediately. <laughs> yeah, I would. I'll take my chance with squid games. I can't get a sack. <laughs> Where like one of seven hundred four hundred fifty people lives, you're like, oh, I'll try it. I, think I, I you, Could you get an interception, Matt? No. Because you. Oh, no. right. I could XF maybe get like a two yard carry. In, I was going to say blocking was really good in an XFL game. Do you think you could run a slant and catch like a five yard slant? No. If I gave you five months to train? No, no. Okay. No, I don't. See, I love how, I love how Matt said he could get that two yard carry, but assuming like the offensive line blocks, what if they let that crazy ass linebacker go free? And you're like, <laughs> you oh, give me, give me the squid games, man. Give me oh, squid games. Game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to go. So let's build a lineup. I'm throwing Stafford in the captain spot. We all agreed we'd see what that looks like. Matt, what do you got next? Cup. All right, so we got Stafford and Cup, baby. 
Oh man, uh, give me Kittle, man. All right, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna fade the Garoppolo, but I'm gonna go Elijah Mitchell. I think it's a good mm. spot where you get a Kittle and Elijah Mitchell. You don't worry about Garoppolo. You hope the touchdown goes to Kittle and Mitchell gets another one. We got. 3,800 per player remaining, Matt, two players. All right, I'm going to make this really hard on whoever's going last. I'm playing Van Jefferson. Oh, I thought you were going to go to, to Ben Skrkrowski. I'm glad he did that because I'm going. Is it me next? Yeah, you're up. You say, is that how you, that's how you yeah, say it? Yeah, use check. Let's do use it. Check. Let's I like go. that. I like that. Stafford Cup, Kittle, Mitchell, Van Jefferson. You, that's a sexy looking lineup. This is right a good there. GPP lineup. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hey, shout out to Mike Lawrence for producing the show. Follow AB at Alex Brown 96. I think it's the same on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it, if not, my apologies. Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski. Myself at Lafayette underscore D. We'll catch you back here soon. Stick around. The uh, strategy show NBA edition coming up next. Peace.